Ah, they'll be used to the background noise. It's fine. Isn't it? No, we're not in the studio. Yeah. Shall I introduce this? <laughs> you know what? I think you should. <laughs> just, just go for it, Jenny. Oh my god. <laughs> Welcome to Drunk Art Review, the podcast where everybody from teetotal to blind ass drunk is welcome to give their open and honest opinions on all forms of art. I don't know why I said opinions like onions, but there we go. <laughs> you can tell that we've already had a lot of wine. We, she, she cooked me a fucking great dinner and we had some vino. Just to put this into context, Rosie, if you haven't seen on Instagram, oh, or yeah. Twitter has moved to London and I've come I'm to visit London and record. Well, <laughs> I'm definitely like a fish out of water when it comes to like not being a, not a Londoner, but I'm very happy that I'm here and I feel so at home. You know, I don't feel like I'm gonna get mugged and the place around here is really Always nice. Good. Always yeah. Good. Um the one thing, the one thing, even my 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 house is amazing. My housemates are amazing too. Also creative. Ah I'll have to get them on the podcast. I've been talking to them about it, but like just please, please just like please. bribing them on. <laughs> Which is great because I mean, bear in mind, I only met like I met one of them before. Well, one of them I'd met, I'd lived with before, but the other two, I literally met once, or then on the day that we're moving in together. So it's very good that it worked out. Mm. But one of them is like a portrait painter, amazing. But what I'm saying, the main problem is the fact that I can't close my blinds. So you know what? I'm I'm forever living in uh, my constant state, which is just exposing myself to the rest of the world yeah, out the window. I don't quite know why, but she has a problem with her blinds. I think it's a personal thing. I don't think it's a blind thing. Um, <laughs> you think, I think I've got issues? Myself. I think the blinds are probably, I mean, that one is broken. I'll give you that. But the other one, I think there's just something wrong with you because there's nothing wrong with that blind. Oh, well, I, I, was, I was having a good tub, tub, tub war with it last night. And I bet you were. Mm-hmm. So she's saying. Well, none of that has happened since. Be- I've only been here a fucking week, man. Um, although the Tinder so, game is very different here. You could say a week. That's nothing, girl. What are you talking about? You could have gone there straight away. Yeah, but you know, I needed to settle. And, she's been and a feel it, you know. And also, the pandemic's still here, and it's True. London. So, and there was a there was heat wave. There was a fucking heat wave when I was moving. And then there was a thunderstorm and it was amazing because the heat of London like sparks more amazing lightning and it was lighting up my whole room. God, I just have a feeling. Guys, just to like pre-warn you, this episode and the next episode are being recorded on the same night because <laughs> now Rosie lives in London. We record on her mm-hmm. setup because hers is far more technical than mine and she has the mic. And also she gets to come down and like hang out. We get to have do. like a weekend away. I do, but because of that, it means we record two episodes at once now rather than one off. Yeah. So the next one we record, I mean, this one's going to be a shit show anyway. Mm-hmm. The next one we record is going to be pure anarchy because yeah. we're going to be on the next bottle of wine. I was going to say, so we, apologies in advance for the next one. We have another bottle of wine to go through, but you did give me pasta beforehand, and some of that basil just absolutely ignited my brain. Like, it was so good. <laughs> That's one way for it. That's one way to put it. But the main worry about this episode is the fact that I had my notes from... I was like, I know what I'm going to do. She doesn't know and, what she's going to do. <laughs> and I haven't had a real chance to like look through them, so let's see where this goes. It's going to be fine. Apologies, that was my bottle opening. It sounded a bit squeaky. Yeah, it wasn't just like, I don't know. Something. My knees creaking. Although my, my, knees, my knees do crack quite loud. One of my knees cracks all... 
from back then in the day when I slipped over at work. I'm quite a cracky person and it grosses Rosie out if I move and I just go and I don't mean to, it just happens it's and because, she's like, Ugh. It's because you've got this stare on your face when it happens. It's kind of euphoric and you're like, what? What? You're into it and you crack your neck. Right. And I'm sorry, like, my ankle just went then by accident. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, whoa! It's because, right, so... God sake, you just did it. I bet we could just do an ASMR of your body cracking, I'm just saying. I'm such an old woman. <laughs> but, my... the, but the thing is, right, it's this... When the insides are prevalent in your mind, that's when it really freaks me out, because I'm like, oh my god, human existence, it's only for an ephemeral part of time, and then we're gonna die, and then oh. So every time something inside a body cracks, or breaks, or gets cut open, I'm like, oh, well, that's gonna be me eventually, I'm gonna die. That's my brain. And it doesn't happen with anything else. Uh, it freaks me out. Like my mum showing me her broken wrist, wrist was like, look how it mended. <laughs> I'm like, <gasps> she's like, I've got a pin in there. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I you know, don't know where this is going either. It's the, frail, it's the frailty of humanity that I can't handle. Oh dear God, here we go. <laughs> I'm sorry, let's go into it, all right? <laughs> well, just a yeah. round of background. Chin chin. Cheers. Yeah. That was sounds didn't it? <laughs> cheers to the first podcast recorded in London. Yeah, London. I won't tell you where I am, but no, if you are in London, if you are in London though, it's so much easier to like hook up with us, man. Yeah, any of our London listeners that are also artists uh -huh. and working designers who we're friends with, or even if we just know you through this podcast. I mean, like, <laughs> can meet up. We'd love to have you. We'd love having guests on our podcast. Oh my god. That, yeah, that. So that's the outside. Okay, that terrified the hell out of me. But yeah, if you, you want to. Come and be a guest on one of our episodes. Hit us up. We'll you tell know, you about the topics we've got coming up. Mm -hmm. Be great. I do um, have a few, a few like you know potentials on the horizon, mm -hmm. which cool. I think would be great. A few of them, even in this house, as we speak. Oh, you did mention earlier. I did. Yeah. 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 Get but, um, <laughs> but okay, so Chinese whispers. This episode. It's called Chinese Whispers. Now, let me explain the premise of Chinese Whispers. Yeah. I came up with Chinese Whispers mm -hmm. ages ago. Mm -hmm. And I loved it, as soon as she said it. So Chinese Whispers. So do you remember the childhood game Chinese Whispers where you would whisper... Yep, so you'd whisper something to the person next to you and it'd go all around the circle and eventually you'd read the message out. Mm. And it would be like, has everybody heard it correctly? Is it the same as what it started with? Mm. So the idea behind this title and this episode is art that is produced from things that you hear mm -hmm. so that could be interpreted anyway and in my head the or, main or, the main image that sparked this yeah there is a main image that sparked this that i saw a while ago oh really not not the the, the penis on the screen right now. no rosie sorry i'm on <laughs> rosie's tablet with um, all my notes on there and um she's got a page open on her google for drawing references and as you know rosie draws a lot of erotica yeah and um so there's just a page of like penises and boobies so it's just you know that's fairly normal for rosie um but there's a main image that sparked this so in this context for this image it's like somebody has tried to describe something to a person and this person has then tried to draw it without <laughs> seeing it so it kind of touches on that idea because we yeah, spoke about yeah, it in the creatures yeah. episode yeah. about the well, beast the, well the, yeah like the, the illuminated the, texts and the the bestia yes. uh, not bestiality oh god no the, different the, topic the, the beasteries yeah so yeah. people trying to draw things that they've never seen that might not actually have existed but they still devoutly believe that they exist like they, yeah. they're like this is what so it looks this, like this is the image that sparked this Oh my god! I love, I love, I love this one. Are you kidding me? So just to give some context, 
It's a beautiful kind of like Renaissance style esque painting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a man riding a horse. Now the man himself looks fine. There's nothing wrong with the background. The horse. It. This is a human horse. The horse is the strangest looking creature I've ever fucking seen in my life. And we will. What, we will, what is that nose? We will post this on Instagram. So it looks lost. It looks so lost. Just to give you an idea, so it's a this lovely image. So there's a man on a horse with his sword out. Uh-huh. The horse's head is kind of tilted towards and looking straight at the viewer. Now the horse's head is completely disproportionate to the body. It's way too small. It's got these huge human eyes on its head. That human, are like, absolutely human. And I mean, if, I and mean, bug-eyed too. You know what a real horse looks like? Their eyes are on the side of the head. This horse has got its eyes on the front. <laughs> and then look at the nostril. It's got this oh. one massive nostril that is bigger than one of its eyes. Only on one side. <laughs> Only on one side. And this horse looks like somebody who's ramming a stick up its bum, and it's oh. very surprised. It, and it, I saw this image literally. About a year ago, and I've been saving it for this one oh episode. Oh my god! Oh my <laughs> and then god. what happened was I had it saved, screenshotted on my yeah. phone because it made me laugh so much. Mm-hmm. And this episode was coming up, but I recently deleted a load of stuff on my phone. Accidentally deleted this image, oh god. and then couldn't find it again. It's taken me like two weeks to track <laughs> this image down again. So who is it by? Because like I've got I, no idea. I can't I, work it out. I've seen this. I've, I've seen this picture in so many memes. Exactly. Where it's like, but I you can't know, track down. I'm off to work, and the and my my bitch is like, mm. well, I don't understand where you work. Like, what's going on? And like. Somebody tries to paint a horse and has never seen a horse before. Yeah, but exactly. I cannot figure out who's painted this image, where this image is, whether oh. it's like in a gallery or whether it's like because I've seen some weird paintings like this and like there was a hotel in Prague I went in. Was it Prague? No, it was in um, Budapest. Oh. No, you've not been to Budapest. Uh, where was it that I visited? Uh, Timisoara in is it in Czech Republic? But Timisoara, the city Timisoara, I can't remember which cut. That's dreadful, isn't that, it? Croatia. That silence um, from me is just my brain like. Anyway, oh, I have. I was no in a idea. hotel in Timisoara, and there was this painting, and there was this fucking mermaid on it. It was the weirdest fucking painting I've seen. So I don't know whether this is what, like one of those paintings. It's just like a yeah, random yeah. thing that's in just a place, or whether it's an actual artist. You see, the thing is museum, though, but right, just, with, oh my like, god, it makes me laugh when I look at it. See, with this one, right? So if you cover the head, the rest of the picture is absolutely fine, well, that's right? that's the thing. Yeah. The perspective, the man looks great, but what yeah. is with these horses? But like, if you, if you just look at the face, like you've got here, you've got the two pictures here together. It's like someone different painted that part. It's almost like he wanted to give the horse some sort of, I don't know, um, well, I mean, what's that human, human look to himself. I know, but what's this hole in the side of his face? Like, what is that? You know when people like, you know when they've got like a blocked nose and they cover one side and they're like, that's what that reminds me of. And also like because he's not, he's not looking dead on. He's he's got a glazed look because Mm. his eyes are slightly veered off to the side. Mm. He's not deliberately looking at the rider. He's not just he's almost he's lost. He's he's completely lost. He's actually. I mean, this is the best way to describe it. And this is something that my mother taught me. Um, (laughs) Hi, mother. Um, Hello, mother. This horse has what we would call a. uh, just buggered look. That's the best way to describe it. So leading off from my just buggered horse, don't bugger a horse. That's very wrong. No, I. Is, I oh no. Is, it's going on stories. Yeah, no, don't go down there. Um, you'll make me cry. And um, going on to that. So again, going back to the beasteries that we've spoken yeah, about yeah, in the previous yeah. episode is um, medieval artists in particular. So well, they just didn't, didn't get to explore the world in the way that well, we can today. So well, like no. they just heard through through hearsay. So to you give know you some I mean? give you some context, if you're not very good for familiar with timelines. <laughs> so the medieval part of our history mm. took place from the fifth to the fifteenth century. Okay. So we're talking four hundred and seventy-six AD to fourteen fifty-three AD. 
right? Yeah. So this is a long, old time ago. They don't mean they had people no listening. Just like I, I just lived today. Yeah. <laughs> like what's history? I mean, travel was very limited. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, there were some there were some like trade routes that were going on, but they were obviously like have to yeah. be heavily funded by people who could do it and like invested in the trade and everything like that. Yeah. So because there was a, this whole like phobia about like leaving your own hometown, really. I mean. There was a lot of superstition back then, mm-hmm. a lot of religion. Um, this looks like a superstitious horse, I'm just saying. It is a horse, by the way. Like, I don't think we stipulated that, but it's a fucking horse. And I did say it was a horse, it was a man riding it, a But horse. it doesn't look like a horse. It's, it's just so weird. The longer you look at it, the weirder it gets. I know, and he looks so forlorn. See, I, now I don't know when this was painted, but... I would say... I mean... 1400s, maybe 1500s. I mean, I think later than that because of the type of paint that's used. Because medieval art doesn't tend to be this kind. This looks more renaissance later to me. This, I would say, mm. more 1600s. Yeah, but like but the, the thing is, some... in the 1600s, they were starting to like uh, bring out the depth of character. This kind of almost religious artwork definitely was did carry on this, through the 1600s. I think this however, has too much shade and light in it to mm. be medieval, personally. Because medieval, we're gonna have to ask the people out there. Aren't medieval we? paintings, in my opinion, we're going on to a different topic. Tend to be more flat, a bit like um... yeah, but this is this is pretty flat, except for the fucking head. It's no, that's like because you're zoomed into there, didn't you? Yes, yeah, no, but when like you when you at... when you look at this though, you think of like the shading around the head that it, it's it's trying to bring it forward. Head, Whereas like the guy on the horse, he he's like this. He's 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 the 2D stick man, head to the side, I would beard aflow. Um, personal opinion, just looking at the texture of the painting that you can mm. see on the flash, I would say it's later than medieval. Actually, that hair that. looks very Botticelli. It's not Botticelli. No, because but do you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's a god. I However, would, um, I'd say it's like the medieval. Yeah, but the thing is, what yeah. it could be is it could be something that someone's painted ten years ago in the style. Of... <laughs> it could, Wouldn't that be it, the best? It could be like troll ever. Do you know what could have happened? This well, could have been a beautiful painting once, and it could be Jesus um, sloth all over again, and someone's tried to correct it. I love that picture. It could be Jesus that, sloth. That kept popping up when I was when I was researching for mm. this episode. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> anyway, going on the premise that we were talking about the beasteries and yeah, people trying to yeah, paint things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So back to the medieval century. Mm. So we've got people that don't travel, and there's artists that are trying to reproduce images mm-hmm. of these things, a bit like the unicorns that we spoke about in the. Um, oh yeah, episode. yeah, yeah, yeah. Unicorns. Were now my imagine trying to describe an elephant to an artist that had never seen one before. So, so we're very blessed in our day and age. We get to see anything and everything. Yeah, on the you internet. just tap into the internet. It's you know, we're very, you. we are very privileged that we can just Google something and see. But imagine we are. back in the day. Back in the day. These Back people, in the day when they didn't so, have the internet and all they had was pigeons. So you li- yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you live in England, which by this day and age yeah. hasn't got these kinds of creatures anymore because the woolly mammoths are long gone. Yeah, I don't think elephants ever stepped upon England, did they? Woolly mammoths potentially. They were in like but this was a long time. Like, that was Ice Age, like, you know. Finland so and stuff, right? People of this time yeah. have never seen an animal of this scale. I mean, mm. the biggest animals they've probably seen are big wolves, big predators. Um, Warthogs, giant hogs. They were big. Boars. But probably, boars. But probably not as big as this. I mean, they're big like dogs, think, but they're I, not. I think boars are a little bit like the size of cows. Which is actually pretty big. No, balls are about the no, size no, no, of a no, big no, dog. No, 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 back in the day. Like, medieval, seriously, it's a thing. Like, they extinct long, long ago. Mm. And also, in e- ancient Egypt time, they had a cow that was maybe like four times the size of an actual cow. It might have oh. been that um, people were smaller back then because they didn't have such good nutrition and the animals seemed bigger. 
Don't I, quote me on that, but I yeah, think that is I, true. We are taller. The longer we live, the taller we're getting as a, oh, hello. As a race. I like. Um, anyway. So, Sorry, that was our, our naked legs slithering against each other. We're not naked. Other. We just have... She has a dress <laughs> and I have shorts. And I just want to preface, we're not recording this naked. Yeah, but um, our legs are... The legs by themselves. <laughs> but anyway, I definitely think... like I know that like you know throughout history, like mm. people have been shorter and smaller and whatnot. However... I think they definitely gauged the size of... Sorry, I've really nooked my leg in there. Um, I think they managed to scale the size of one of these uh, mm. long, extinct kind mm. of oxen. Which but, is, but anyway, that, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've not seen anything bigger than that mm. kind of thing. So, I mean, imagine even if you're from Suffolk, you know a horse called the Suffolk Punch. Now, those things are massive, but they're still not as big as a bloody elephant, are they? They're I mean, so African elephants are huge they like you cannot imagine it unless you've seen them in person they are huge Can so imagine, imagine like just stepping out and being like like seeing seeing one for the first time you would think it was crazy so it's trying like, to it's just like looking at a whale for the first time so trying it? to describe that somebody who's traveled and is also <laughs> it was the size of a planet <laughs> so visual memory interestingly is the first memory to dissipate yes and um, we've discussed this, this before it's like 60% accurate isn't it it just falls away yeah we've yeah. discussed this before I think I think oh god <laughs> oh I, th- I think you've come to London you just start talking more London it I mean right <laughs> I was brought up by Londoners so I like, know but sense. now you're here because I I'm here so you oh, get to god. like get the London out of your system oh dear god <laughs> um, so yeah so I can't even remember what I was going to say. You're talking oh, yeah. about so visual memory elephants. is yes. So visual memory is the first thing to go mm-hmm. when you lose your memory. I think I learned that from Molly Burke, who's that really cool YouTuber who's um, got can't think of the name of the visual impairment, but her eyesight is slowly oh, um, fading. Oh, I see. And she was so talking. I she, learned it from Sherlock. Yeah, she was talking about um, how visual memory is the first thing to go. So, she, yeah. for example, she knows that she has brown hair and green eyes and she's got quite pale skin and she's quite short, but she cannot actually visualise herself because her visual memory is gone. Crazy. Because she, I mean, she used to be able to see as a child, yeah, but then yeah, she got yeah, started yeah. losing her sight. Yeah. So that's just to give you some context of how easily visual memory goes. So the person that's seen the elephant has already lost some of the memory because mm-hmm. they're trying and to also remember. There's it. time between it, like you know, you know, it's um, yeah, because it took so long to get from mm-hmm. one place to the other back then. But it would take months from when they saw this thing in Africa to get back to England and then try and describe it to an artist. So they're then trying to describe <laughs> this thing that they haven't seen for months. Their visual mm-hmm. memory isn't as accurate as we remember and I mean you can say that to yourself you remember things as kids that are completely different as adults oh yeah so then this artist is yeah. trying to interpret that now let me just uh, whip up these images of elephants that I found by medieval artists <laughs> please please show me <gasps> holy shit so what? these are some beautiful images what? by different medieval artists that's basically like a wolf warthog so there's various different images so the first one is with a trumpet <laughs> yeah and they've kind of got toes like a weird kind of like the... pre- so it's very predatory in the sense like a big cat or a yeah, wolf yeah. has like and toe furry feet. too they've the got like tusks, the fur down yeah it's very bizarre how the tusks are coming out the ears are tiny little pointy things they're not big flaps yeah a lot of them are and some some of the shapes of the faces on these are very bizarre <laughs> it's it, i mean there's this book um where not it's not um, where the wild things are, but it's a di- it's um, by the same author. It, it, it's a similar book and um... okay. Here's a total fourth wall break because I remembered the book and it is called um, <laughs> the Bunyip of Berkeley's Creek by Jenny Wagner, and yeah, it is an Australian book and it's really really cool. 
um, yeah, super cute. He, there's like this creature in it and he's indescribable. The Gruffalo? No, it's not the Gruffalo. It's this other Australian book. And okay. It's one that me and my mum and my family would like have as a little kid. But anyway, he's like this indescribable creature and <laughs> she just drunk the last of her wine and she like, <laughs> um, in, you know, Hannibal way. <laughs> anyway, fava beans. Um, <laughs> So this is very similar to that in like the way that it's kind of like this indescribable creature. And you notice as well on all of these images, <laughs> so an elephant's trunk tends to be slightly thicker where it comes off of his head just because of where it's coming off yeah, of his head, yeah, but yeah. then it stays a fairly similar size all the way through. Mm -hmm. But these images, like the end of the trunk is like this massive trumpet. Yeah, it's just... they're all like trumpets. And this one looks so sad. Look yeah. at him. I think it's because it's got one giant cyclops eye. <laughs> like, for some reason that one has just one yeah, eye. Yeah, but Medieval did like to draw from the side, didn't they? I mean, there's some very peculiar images. This, is, this, this one reminds me of Robin Hood, but they were all rhinoceroses. Mm. A rhinoceros. No, no, rhinoceros. Sorry. No, sorry. Um, I, I hit no, I was, I, was, I was. This one has like a weird quoting. hairy back and like webbed ears. Yeah. This one looks so angry. Angry. And also, he's only got like um, a mouth on the side of his mouth. His trunk looks like a tornado. And the trees. See, he's actually got hoofs, which is all, kind of a bit yeah. more accurate. But like some of them are. This really... is like a cheetah. Like, like a cheetah. Some of them are so peculiar. I mean, this looks like the most like a elephant for me. I think I think the one that looks most like an elephant for me is probably oh this maybe this one, this one. yeah but even that's it, weird it, it's like okay so here here we got we got the elephant right in this image but then what the fuck is that it's a dragon oh yeah all right so they know how to draw an elephant and they totally believe in like a dragon existing it's clearly well actually no it might not be a dragon what's the other name because there's two different things dragons have four legs don't they. Um, so um, they have wings well, and four legs. We you have some dragons that only have like uh, no, no, two legs. There's a different name for those. There's a different name for those. Um, so the dragons have four legs and separate wings, and the other creature has two back legs, and instead of two front legs, it just has the wings. What? But it has a different name, and I it's, cannot think what so, it is. So all of Game of Thrones, they were called something else, not dragons. No, they were dragons. They had four legs. No, they didn't. They have wings and legs. Oh, I'm gonna have to Google this now. <gasps> Sorry for the silence. Ooh. Ooh, they did. Oh, I, I love, I love the dragons. I was such a massive dragon fan when I was such a kid. They were the thing that I drew. And I also had this dream about like making a game or like so, a, something about like just dragons. The difference between dragons and wyverns. So, <gasps> wyverns. That's, that's the word. I think that's how you say it. So they are, so dragons have four legs and a set of wings, mm -hmm. so they have, you know. Yeah. Wyverns, or I'm not quite sure if I'm pronouncing that rightly, I should I, know yeah, because that, I'm half Scottish. That is, that's accurate. Um, they have two back legs and then instead of front legs they just have their wings. So yeah. technically Game of Thrones is wrong. <gasps> Hate to break it to you. How damn, mic drop! We'll just stop the episode right now because we just... But yeah, to be fair so though, they should have finished that's what, that's what That's what the difference is. I haven't watched the last series. Um, <gasps> But yeah, no, so this back to the image is just a fucking. Dragon. I love but then them. this dragon has whatever this thing is. It's not even a wyvern because it has two wings and no legs. It's a snake with wings <laughs> and a red head. And it kind of looks like a bird. That's kind of like. <laughs> it's very cute. <laughs> I also love on the top of this one that you have the elephant who's like he's proper fucking chilling out, right? You say that, but look, he's being stabbed by a sword. Yeah, but look at his. Look at that euphoria. Oh yeah, he looks he high. He is happy. 
It's also kind of it's got a bit of like a like a well, it's got the big old tube for a for a nose. But on top of this, you have like a castle with men who are it's it, the clear the, so like, the dimensions of it have like they've brought the men forward towards the camera, and you just have like clearly like a tiny elephant underneath. And I think medieval art in general doesn't have much in scale wise. Yeah. I think the scale of medieval art is very well, clear. Isn't I it? think I think medieval art was very much like um sort of. Uh, social and um, religious representation mm. of creatures like it, it they, they didn't have like this reflection of like the real or truth but it, they had their own kind of truth you know what I mean like this is what represents it and and that's what we do today you know we have artwork and we have like symbols and logos and things like that that represent something else that's what they did with different artwork because you know history yeah. and so I have actually researched two topics for this episode. What? Well, because I started with this kind of like the more funny side well, with the images that are kind of funny, <laughs> and then I accidentally discovered this other thing yeah. that was really cool. Well, shall I? Because my one isn't very long at yeah, all. Yeah, go for it. And then I'll I'll talk to you about mine, and then you can go on to yours because like I definitely do not think I'm gonna like fill up loads of time with mine. <laughs> okay. So all right, all right, all right. Hit me with it, girl. Let's get into it. So, y'all guys know Michelangelo, oh, right? Here we go, Michelangelo. <laughs> oh, hey, you, Michelangelo. You know Michelangelo. Mm -hmm. So, we I like that we're both doing the same thing of like the archaic drunk art review where we show the artwork and then we talk about it. Whereas like, you know, recently we've got into the habit of like talking about it and then showing. So, right, okay. Let me see if I can get it up. Okay. Don't look it. Don't look it. I can't. Don't look it. Don't look it. I'm not looking. Okay, no, 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 no. Alright. Okay, I got it. Okay, so. Gonna look. Here we go. We've got Michelangelo Knight. Circa fifteen twenty to thirty-two. Right, okay, so just 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 give me a little give me a little voice. What were you seeing right now? Okay. Is there are you no I mean don't read what's what's there. I mean, um but me, like what are you what are you seeing right now? So just to give people an idea, I can see a marble sculpture. Mm -hmm. Um because he was fantastic, phenomenal a, at the bodily form. Of however. Of a person. Uh -huh. And I believe it's a female just because of the boobs. Um but the boobs <laughs> are very far apart. <laughs> they no they are they're quite Mm. Do you know what I would describe them as? I would describe them as, I mean, the boobs are very, like, full and pert, but they're really far apart, so it's almost like they're fake boobs. If I had false implants, yeah. because I'm very flat-chested, yeah. I believe, and my boobs are very far apart, just naturally, just to really sell at myself here, um, <laughs> this is how they would look. They're, there's literally, like, another space for a boob in between them. She could have three titties in there. Yeah, that, and, that could definitely be a circa three tit model right there's there. There's some kind of thing around her that looks like, a, he look, this face, there's a face to the right of her that looks a bit like oh, the green man oh, figure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there's an animal here which could mm -hmm. be some kind of like eagerly lying crossover, a bit mm -hmm. like you get on the flags. Yeah. And what appears to be a schlong just <laughs> flopping down her shoulder. It just, it just looks, oh, oh, I didn't even see that. I think This that, just looks like a flaccid think, penis on her shoulder. I think that's meant to be part of her like headdress or hair Is it a or her? something. Because, well, okay. So, I, I'm very confused. This this is where the Chinese whispers comes in. Okay, so alright. I mean, there's a very feminine face and then yeah? there's muscular Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You cover everything up. Like, that's that's fucking like Mona Lisa shit right there. It's like, beautiful. You cover the rest of it, you're like, what the fuck? 
I mean, what it, in my opinion, what it could, this person could be a really super athletic female because there's mm. bits yeah. of the body that are very feminine, but then there's also some very masculine elements as well. Yeah. What I would, is what I'm seeing. But uh-huh. to be perfectly honest, the flaccid penis-shaped thing on her shoulder is throwing me off more than anything else. That is the thing that I'm drawn to. I'll be completely honest. That is throwing uh-huh. me off more than the third titty thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, it's wonderful that you picked up on so much of that. Because there is this phenomena in, you know, well, he was in ancient Rome. At one time, he buried like an arm, a sculpture. We were joking about this the other yeah. day. I sent you a meme, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, he buried a sculptural arm and was like, it's so weird. No, he I, buried the whole sculpture and kept the arm to prove that he yeah, made the sculpture. Yeah, that's it. But they identified it. it as a Roman sculpture and he was like, psych man, I made it's like, it to prove I'm he, just as good. To prove he was the best. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, Not that he was big-headed or anything. So, all right. So with this with this demeanor, like just as good as the Roman architects and, and sculptors and everything like that. And he was phenomenal. He made the most delicious ass work on Sistine Chapel, I won't lie. Jesus Christ, I've never heard it described as that before well, on the Sistine Chapel. It's well, delicious artwork. Well, like, Do you no, say artwork or ass work? I, I think I said ass work. You said ass work, yeah. and I didn't know whether you meant to say no, it. No, I, I did. Okay. Yeah, that was it. Just checking. Because he, he made an absolute delicious, like, he, wah, he made it great. And, like, with the whole, like, uh, idea of his own persona, he was meant to be gay, he loved the male form, blah blah blah. And um, that's why he made these phenomenal juicy asses. <laughs> Gotta love a juicy ass. <laughs> and there was also in his 70s, like painting on the ceiling, like <laughs> all asses are beautiful. Right, right, right. But okay, so with this phenomena, uh, Michelangelo Knight, there is a counterpart to it, because it's on like a tomb. And in much in the same way in the in back in the day they'd have like these sculptures that like surrounded a tomb. You're telling me schlong ladies on a tomb. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So you've got you've got knight, and these are like life size, these are huge. I mean, well, you know, life size. Hmm. Not huge. You expect them to be small, they're not. He was more of a life size kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> With his massive beard. Anyway, um, <laughs> So you've got Day, which mm. is actually a male, mm. uh, on the other side of this. So this is only half of the sculpture. I should have got the other picture up for you. Um, so they're counterparted. Uh, you've got the female here and the male here. Mm-hmm. However, it's weird that you have like male is the Day, but you know, oh, femininity, whatever. There's this whole thing within the time period that he was in. It was actually frowned upon to have female models naked ladies to uh I see. yeah oh, this is all making sense right, now when I look right at it. right so it was it was like this weird phenomena um and frowned upon to actually like sculpt sculpt from um a female naked form so you are you telling me so you'd sculpt the face beautiful as it is and then implant a breast from your memory on top of a male form this is exactly what michelangelo did and it's like debated so much when you look at How it. How bad is this man's memory to make titties that look like that? But the thing is as well, he, in the same way that a lot of us are so passionate about our work, he loved studying from life. You can see that from all of his uh, drawings and illustrations, all masculine all have these rippled muscles within the back. They don't have that softness that females them naturally- Them titties don't have that softness. No. Them, them titties are like- Like, okay, titties. so if you cover that, if you cover the titties up and you cover the face, 
That could just be like a man. It, it's not even that, it's just the boobs look like silicone implant boobies. They do. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but they don't look, they have a different look to like mm -hmm. the way a natural breast falls, don't they? Oh yeah, I mean, which is obviously something down here. You know, and I, that's, Mine not, are at that's least. not a. That's not a dig on people who have breast no, implants no, because all. do you and they look great, whatever. But they look, they some. fall, they sit differently, don't they, yeah, on a yeah. body? When you look at a breast implant versus a natural boob, because of the way the skin sits and folds, mm. it just looks differently in the way it creases. This looks like a silicone boob implant, but for the time period, is obviously completely incorrect yeah. because they didn't have that back then. Well, the thing is, it, looks like, it, looks, like, it looks like a pastry filled with cream. Like, it's just been like... <laughs> It's just, it's just been okay. Well, we need to have a breast here. Let's insert some filler. There's no, there's no like graduation to it. There's no like no, there's no subtlety. That's the thing. Even a woman that's had breast implants, there's like a slope, isn't there? Yeah. To there's, describe there's this, the skin, because you've got you've basically right. He's forgotten that women have the breasts their whole life. He's forgotten the fact that they have their weight to them and that they have that soft roundness and the skin pulls down. It's like And he's just, just like, oh well, okay, well a breast just fits here and here. Michelangelo, I'm ashamed of you for those boobs. You're a fantastic man, but those boobies are he a disservice to all women and all people who identify as fluid with yeah. breasts. Yeah, yeah. See, see, the thing is, right, this this is a thing that has just been scuffled over because because of his amazing uh, and ability was, yeah. of bringing the form forward, and especially in that time period, he really paid attention and, and allowed himself to actually like, work out the innards of people too, which showed the outwards of like how they work. Do you know what it was? What? The fucking man and they got away with everything. Yeah. You're not getting away with it now, Michelangelo. That is an atrocity. You are. I love that I've highlighted this to you because every time I'm that you see, now. every time that you see like him drawing a female, you're just gonna be like, oh my god, it is a man. Because if, even if you see like their their like their waist, sometimes it's dipped in, but the the hips and everything are superimposed a lot like the breasts are. You know, with when people get hip hip implants. Mm. Yeah, it's very because you showed me someone who had them and it was very similar to that. But the thing is, there's also this other argument because back in the day, androgyny was thought of as being beautiful. This whole idea of like having androgyny. I don't know if I would call that androgynous though, because my idea of androgynous mm. is not muscular either. And he's made mm. this fit. Just, I mean, this is personal opinion. When I think of an androgynous form, mm. I think of something very slim with no identifying features. Yeah. Almost like not childlike, but um, youthful. Very youthful before you've kind of like developed any kind of curves before that kind of. Yeah, you're you prepubescent. Yeah, that kind, kind of, of thing. almost cherub. And some people, no, cherub or angelic. It's, no, it, I think it's, cherubs. It's kind of, no, cherubs it, is different. That's more. It's like it. Uh, well, I'm probably phrasing it wrong, but it's like it, it's before, um, before life uh, <laughs> rips through you, and you're just this pure form. I think what you mean is before you start to have hormones. Like yeah, really be But then cherub isn't right because I always think of cherubs as very soft and squishy and curvy. No, androgynous in my head is very so weird. Some cherubs are so like muscular yeah, and like weird. it's like why do you have abs for a baby? <laughs> I mean, I think of androgynous personally. Yeah, tends to be a very kind of straight up and down mm. figure. See things that I think not that's super very... not super curvy, but also not super muscular. Yeah. Whereas this figure is. 
peculiar to me because it is super muscly mm. and then it's like got random bits stuck on it. But I, I don't think know, it's peculiar. I think, I think that that kind but of... Not um, even, but not even in an Amazonian kind of style woman way. Yeah, I think yeah. this is... Even an Amazonian woman who is super, mm. you know, that style of... You know what we if you google amazonian woman if you don't know what i'm talking about they're like super fit strong like this strong ideal, muscular like but like feminine like raw woman but even then this doesn't seem to translate to that mm. do you well, know what i mean it's well, really well, well the thing is okay. right I, so i i i have like i definitely think that androgyny has transformed from this period to now mm. like and i'm very much in the same minded as you like i think androgyny is kind of like this beautiful fine line when androgyny is in a way, in my mind, it's beauty without any definition. Mm. However, back then, their idea of androgyny mm. was very masculine. Um, and you can see that with like other like artworks of that mm. time. Which is um, weird to me because it kind yeah. of defeats the point of androgyny. If it's yeah, more, yeah. Very well, 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 I mean, think of this. Think, Think of how much like masculinity has had an effect on like the world. So yeah. if you're thinking about it, they're just like, oh well, you know, it, it, it's mm. wrong and it's it's indecent to uh, sculpt a woman's actual breasts. Mm. You do it for memory, you know, or or you know, uh, have a wife and have the money for you. I suppose the thing is as well, if he was, um, if he identified as gay mm -hmm. and hadn't actually had that many sexual relations with a woman, and then obviously couldn't sculpt from a woman, he really didn't have well, any. This is the other thing, and he. So I was trying to describe a Yeah, term. yeah. So as well as the androgyny that was a part of the time, that was meant to be this kind of like holy trinity of like sculpting. And with his skill, and then also being gay and being fascinated with the male form. I mean, you have to have utter dripping fascination with the male body to sculpt in the way that he did and to paint in the way that he did. Like I'm talking about with that the fucking ass, mate. He was great. <laughs> but the thing is, right? He had such a fascination with that. He could have, like, because he definitely did things that were untoward with society, um, like acceptance. He took cadavers and he definitely dissected pregnant women and he did all these other things to see the inner workings of whatnot. Mm. However, when it came to sculpting from life, which he often did, he always wanted men. He would be able to sculpt a beautiful feminine face. However, I mean, really, that's a that could that could be a that could be a man, really, like the the, the feminine face. It's it's this idea that he just loved the male form and then kind of circuited it to femininity but in those ways. You say he loved the male form, but he only loved one certain type of male form because. He only mm. ever sculpted buff muscular men. Well, because well that's, that's his male form, isn't it? <laughs> because if he'd have looked at a man that obviously wasn't like super muscly and maybe carried a little bit of extra weight on his mm. chest, he probably would have got a more realistic female breast. Because Weirdly like, enough, yeah. like men's breast, men have breast tissue just like us. And if it's not super muscly mm. and they're carrying it slight, can, you know, estrogen they, levels and all they, that. Well, they get like a softer skin and a softer fall. They don't have these strange like just additions on their they body. They look like half melons with a cherry on top. That's what, is, what they are. Yeah, they could be cream cake, you're right. <laughs> Obviously, with cream. I mean, Michelangelo, like, one, this is like a bad example of the female form. Two, you are very single-minded. You should have sculpted 
all male forms, uh-huh. and then you would have got a better broad spectrum. Michelangelo, my respect for you is like, dropping. I'm, I, I'm sorry to bring this to the table, girl. Oh my girl. god, I didn't, I didn't expect <laughs> this to happen tonight. You're like, I, I'm gonna like not appreciate one of the major artists of life. I like, mean, I still appreciate him, but I think you should have done his research a bit more. I mean, yeah, like, come no. on, boy. He had his um, desire and he had his vision, and he, in the same way that a lot of us do, he filled in the gaps with things that he liked. And this was his way of like, in in the same way that people get repressed, I think this was a way of him being able to broadcast his own interests and his own likes and things like that. However, this is what the whole Chinese whispers thing is, is the fact that he didn't get to see many breasts and the fact that he just was like, okay, well, this is what I think it is. Just popped him off. So yeah, I didn't look at the rest of it. I literally was just talking about the breasts and the whole idea of androgyny and the whole idea of Michelangelo only liking to uh, sculpt men and only being acceptable to sculpt men. men. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's... Don't body shame Michelangelo. (laughs) It's all good. Although you do paint a fantastic ass. So... Anyway, so yeah, alright. That was my story. Glad I got it down. What are you going to tell me now? So, we started on some pretty silly kind of like funny images, (laughs) which you will all see when you go and have a look at our Instagrams. Um, we moved on to Michelangelo, one of the greats, and how he really fucked up. I just, just, I just like, just, like, just, like <laughs> cut him down. Just like, wow, I'm just, <laughs> I'm offended. Um, and I'm going to move on to someone super modern. Okay, so, cool. While I was doing some research for this, I stumbled across an artist called Melissa McCracken. Now, McCracken? That's a yeah. great name. So now she is an artist with a form of the synthesisia. So, for our listeners that don't know what synthesia is, it is a phenomenon which occurs in some people, very few people, I think it's only kind of like 4% of people. So, they have a sense stimulated, so a sense or a cognitive pathway stimulated, and then that kind of fires off against another one. So, in Melissa's case, she hears music or noises, and that stimulates, she visualises colours. Wow. Um, but it can happen in lots of different ways. So, and it's involuntary. It just kind of happens, and it's an experience. So, so some synthesites hear, smell, taste, or feel different sensations um, on their skin in color. Others taste shapes. There's lots of different versions of it. How does taste um, a shape? I know it's like it's peculiar, what? isn't it? Um, <laughs> Some of them possess this thing called a conceptual synthesia, in which they see abstract concepts oh, wow. such as so they just see ideas. Yeah, so such as <gasps> units of time or mathematical operations, what? such as shapes projected internally or around them. So many synthesites experience more than one type of this condition. So yeah. um, some of them will do something with colour. I was reading a really interesting article. Um, there was two women who both had synthesia and they were both talking about numbers. And one of them saw, I think it was like the number two, one of them saw it as yellow, one of them <laughs> saw it as red. But then also the one that saw it as red saw it in a different way as well. She saw it with a attitude or like a another oh, concept yeah, as well yeah. but the other lady like only, but the only the other lady only saw it with color she didn't get both sensations she only got it with a singular sensation so it it completely varies what? um this is crazy i know it's crazy but like really fascinating and really clever and a lot of insights don't realize that they have this ability so well i imagine you didn't realize that you were like a face recognizer for many moons oh yeah i mean <laughs> or like I, a, a music recognizer <laughs> 
No, we've talked about this in previous episodes. It was literally last episode because I was editing. Yeah, and we've mentioned it before now as well, I think, that I have this thing with facial recognition, and I didn't realise it for years that I could do it, but I can. It's when someone Um, highlights it to you, like, oh shit. I can do that. (laughs) I'm not a synthesite, let me say that. I'm a super recognizer that's completely different. But yeah, so these things can be triggered by smell, sounds, Mm -hmm. all these different kinds of things. So it isn't a hallucination. So it's not like you're... So say for example, the experience you have is you see a color whenever you hear a sound. It's not like your vision is suddenly flooded with color. Yeah, it's it's more more of an idea that you have. Yeah, so it's more like a visual connection. So say for example, you see... Um, I mean, a really good example I read the other when I was doing research on this. You, so somebody had put a picture of Barack Obama on, but they hadn't put their name. So you see a picture of Barack Obama and you immediately associate Barack Obama, President of the United States. But it yeah. doesn't say that, but you associate it. Yeah. So in the same way, and you don't visually see it in your visual field. It doesn't fill your mm. visual field. It's not like a hallucination. He's not standing there in front of you. So in a similar way, uh, synthesite. I do apologise. Is that what they call it? Synthesite. Um, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I really I love these pronunciations. I, I apologise if I'm pronouncing that wrong. I tried really hard um, to make sure that I've pronounced that correctly because I didn't want to say synthesis because it's something completely different. So a synthesite. So for example, say that you get the colour sound mm, thing. Yeah. So they hear a sound and they'll associate it in their brain with a particular colour. So it's not like they automatically. It's just it's something that kind it's of like a, grows it's, or develops. It's a mental association. It all happens within within their minds. Yeah. So it's not something that blocks their view. It's not like mm. suddenly everything is red and they can't see anything else but that colour. It's not that kind of, it's not hallucination, it's an actual well, it's an thing idea. that's being yeah, triggered. Yeah. Well, it's like when you trigger a memory, isn't it? Mm. You connect things and obviously mm. they have that like connection that goes beyond, mm. uh, well, they, they connect it to something that they've experienced before, which mm. is colour, sound, uh, shape, uh, experience, emotion. Like that's how they see yeah. it. Well, I mean, the words synesthesia, I think I'm saying that correctly. Synesthesia. It actually derives its name from the Greek meaning to perceive together. <gasps> oh, Greek! So, Greek! You got it down. So oh. I, when I was trying to find art that kind of was people painting or drawing things from things they've heard, I discovered this artist called Melissa McCracken. I follow her on Instagram now, she yeah. beautiful things, and we'll link her Instagram on her profile. I found this article by Vice. Oh, I love Vice! And she paints these beautiful oil paintings based on songs that she listens to. So she, oh she listens to music, and particular music is interesting because it produces different colours. I mean, it all produces colours, so some images will be more exciting than others. So. I think she says somewhere within this interview, and again, we'll link this, that some songs aren't very exciting to her to paint because they're all kind of more like browns and muted tones. And other Mm. songs she listens to are very exciting to paint because they're bright and colorful and glorious. And things, she she does a lot of this abstract art with it. And they're just absolutely- um, Oh, it looks like a color bomb of beauty, but like the pastel kind of like, Almost like a sun drenching through a cloud, like, mm. wow. And they're just beautiful. And I mean, I was reading the article, it was really interesting. She didn't realise that it was the thing that she was experiencing was different. She just thought everybody experienced it because... Well, and- I mean, people do when they grow up. They, they every, We all have this persona that we see the same colours, that we see and hear the same mm. things. And as she said in the article, it, you know, you don't walk into a coffee shop. What she said was it would be asking, like, if someone could smell coffee when you walked into a coffee shop. Yeah. She just experienced this sensation yeah. and I think it was she was chatting to her friend and she was setting a ringtone on her phone and I think her phone case was 
blue. Mm -hmm. So she wanted to pick an orange song. So it was like a complimentary oh, colour yeah. on the colour. And her friend, <laughs> her friend was like, what? What are you talking about? How, what, what do you mean an orange song? Whenever she was, listened to this particular song, she got the, the, so the first, sensation of orange. The first time she realised she had synesthesia. Well, she, the first time she realised it was different to have synesthesia. Oh. I mean, she'd been experiencing it her she whole life. Had, but she just guessed. It, yeah. She just guessed that that was... I mean, she was only kind of in her teens at this time. Yeah. So she was picking a song based on like the complimentary colours. And when she mentioned this to her friend, her friend was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean an orange song? <laughs> what are you song? on about, girl? And that was when she first really realised yeah. that uh, the way she saw the world was different to everybody else. I love else. that. So she paints her images based on this idea. That's so like... It's Pollock, but also like the Big Bang mm. and space. I but love this stuff. It's like it's beautiful, beautiful images, and I just think it's really interesting. Kind of look at the psychology that goes with it. You're gonna hate me saying this, but this is like the the female wonderful explosion equivalent of Rothko to me. <laughs> See, I wouldn't say I don't get Rothko from it at all. This to me is exciting. Well, well this is the, well, I, well, I see. I, well, for me, Rothko is exciting, but weirdly enough, this is so much more prevalent in today there feels like there's almost like this digital blow of blur and sound through her images they almost sound they almost feel like they're caught on fire i love it they're like it's when you try and describe what a sensation is it's like the visual of a sensation yeah. and i suppose that's the thing is what she, she experiences that doesn't she she gets a visual of the sensation that she's experiencing and that is the best way to describe the but emotions. she's able to Interpret. Yeah, it, it, that's the thing. It, it, it's having the ability to interpret what you're experiencing. And they're just, that's the real skill they're here. They're utterly glorious. Because I, I wonder how many people see things even better than she does but can't like translate it onto paper mm. or uh, canvas or what have you. And I just thought it was a really interesting spin on this whole kind I of like hearing it. hearing yeah. something and then painting it. Um, <laughs> these are so beautiful. Can we just fill our feed with these? Because yeah, I, th I think we should. I, I say, love one of these I as a giant print on my wall. I follow her on, you can buy her prints by the like, way. I follow her on Instagram now and they're utterly beautiful. And and this one, oh, not it's all, very Monet as well. Not all of her paintings does she do from songs? Some she does just as abstracts from sort of from her head. I wonder but if she does was... them from like conversations because there's certain like musical uh, cadences to like well, words and there, things like that. You say that, but there was this interesting <laughs> one. So um, again, a part of this article, the interviewer asked, "Do you only paint songs or do you paint other sounds too?" Mm. She responded, "Sound isn't as jarring as music. There's usually one quick burst of colour and then it disappears." But, for her mum's birthday, she painted the sound of her footsteps. Oh my god, this woman! So she painted She's... the sounds of her mother's footsteps, so because she hears the sounds and she sees colours, she painted the sounds of her mother's footsteps because she could. it was a comforting sound to her as a child. She could hear her mother's footsteps and she painted that for her birthday. So yeah. It just like opened my mind up. It's just the incredible, most wonderful it's, thing. It's utterly incredible when you start digging into it and looking at it. Can you imagine like receiving something like that or experiencing it from someone who experiences it like mm. that? Because, but if, I didn't. I didn't like, realize how many um, like creative people had it. So like she was talking about. So Pharrell, Kanye West, Lady Gaga. They've all experienced oh, synesthesia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Synesth Synesthesia. Synesthesia. There's an extra vowel in there that I've been missing. Synesthesia. Um, what a great And word. I think there's quite a lot of famous artists and singers that also experience it. Yeah, and I suppose yeah. it just kind of 
adds to the it, whole what, artistic. Well, it's how they translate it, isn't it? It's how they uh, produce either music, artwork, or what have you into their outlet, isn't mm. it? Um, in the same way that uh, we like to try and translate our own emotions mm. and our own thoughts and what we experience mm. is exactly the same thing. However, she has another sensory experience that we mm. don't. Wow, 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 to be able to have that. What? I mean, it's really cool because if you think about a song that you love, yeah. that she's painted, you experience the sound of it. But through her, you're then able to experience the visual of that song as well in a different way that you would do. And the thing is as well is that so much of the time um, when we, uh, you know, experience songs or think about them um, in how they would be represented visually, mm. we have to think of them in more of a narrative term uh, when mm. they involve people or subjects or things like that. She is seeing them purely, like she's seeing them through the lens of being able to see the aura mm. of it. You know, when you have these soothsayers who are like, I can see your aura, I can see through you, I can see you, the power of you. Mm. She's seeing the power of the song and all mm. these vibrations and colours and, and fire. It's amazing! I'm so amazed that you... Oh, I had no I, idea. I love Vice. Thank thought, you, Vice. I thought, <laughs> Thank you would, you, Jenny. I thought you would enjoy this design. This so. is amazing. I genuinely want to have some of these. It's like space and galaxy and... Colour. Oh, it's like Inception. No, not in no, not Inception. It's like Interstellar. It's going through a time warp of seeing something different and, and seeing like the world collide together. And it's different because you can look at an abstract painting and it's an abstract painting and it's beautiful. But knowing where this comes from gives it yeah. this other kind of edge to it. And I just really enjoyed it and I thought it'd be really cool to kinda of like share that with people that hadn't seen this kind of thing before. So that's so you've had some random horses you and have? elephants and now this really cool artist called Melissa McCracken who's Bravo. also awesome. Oh I am oh, I'm so I'm so into it. I'm I into it. Full stop, mic drop, let's end it, because I'm into it. <laughs> before, before we end it, do you have a recommendation oh, for this week? Oh, oh, oh shit, dog. Yeah, I do. Let's get, let's, let's get this bad boy up. I wrote it down because oh I was like, God. I was like, well, I have a drunk art review notebook. Let me actually use it. Can you hear that? So, my recommendation is something that I listened to before I moved uh, to London because I love a podcast and I'm always on the hunt for something that is going to inspire me and interest me and give me a little bit of the spookies. Um, and weirdly enough, this is only like a six part series and it could have definitely gone on so much longer, I feel. Um, but it definitely feels independent, has almost like a... I'm not sure if you've played Life is Strange, but it's an amazing. Life is Strange is, a, is an, a really, really cool game that you play through. This has the same kind of like emotion of connection between people, and it has that kind of like, I don't know, offbeat, small town America, teenage kids together kind of feel to it. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, it's a podcast, and it's called Blackwood, and it's by Skylark mm -hmm. and Wondery. Wondery is like a really, really big, a bit like, you know, Sky or something like that. Mm. They put podcasts together and I listen to a lot of Wondery. You should definitely go down that rabbit hole. But Blackwood is all about pseudo town. Mm. Um, and then it's these three kids like doing a podcast 
in the podcast about oh, the myth of about the myth of Blackwood, and they delve into it further and further, and they investigate. And you know, for for like a six to I think it's like six to eight part series. It's not very long. It's like forty five minutes each time. I was blown away. I loved it, and it was independent. Like they don't have many followers on Instagram. Follow them. Okay, they should. Love. They should make more. Like uh, the whole Skylark thing, like the production company. Mm. They've made some other things as well, uh, which I've actually like dipped into and I've loved. Um, but I want them to make something just like Blackwood again because they how they act it and how they do it is so wonderful and it really like transports you there. Mm. So yeah, I thoroughly recommend it. It's on Instagram at. Well, they are on Instagram, but they're on Spotify. So search Blackwood uh, Skylark and it'll come up with like a little spooky avatar thing uh, with a tree and stuff. And that's really good. So, you know, it's about the dark depths of a town. And I love that. <laughs> so that is my recommendation. I even wrote it in my book. Oh, <laughs> To be perfectly honest, I'd kind of forgotten about recommendations and that's I hadn't right. written it down well, either. But immediately as I said it, I was like, I know what I'm going to recommend because I've been watching it on the telly lately. <laughs> and I'm probably a bit late to the game because the Please. Same- Please say it. Because the second series is about to come out. Oh, okay. Maybe it isn't what I think you're going to say. So I have just... Because when I first watched the trailer of this show, I was like, this. I hope this show is as good as the trailers. The trailers are hilarious. And if you have seen the trailer okay. for series one of The Boys... Oh my God. The okay. scene oh, yeah, about yeah. The, the Spice Girls <laughs> scene. Oh my god, it is... It's kind of phenomenal. It's iconic. Yeah, it's kind of great. if you haven't watched The Boys, I recommend it because I'm not one for, like, creepy gory stuff, but I kind of find The Boys... The Boys is very gory. It, but it's but on, it verges on the idea of it being, It's like, very comic book, yeah, is what it, we call yeah, it. So it's very, yeah. like, if you like Deadpool, kind of, you know, it's like Deadpool, but a bit grittier in I mean, that it's sense. 18 plus... Are rated oh, definitely so it's very gory and also, it's very comic book gore and also it's called the boys but ha- but there is this really strong like feminine power that like breaks through the mm. idea of the boys and, and that's what I love and I'm very it. I really enjoyed it me and mum started watching it after I showed her a couple oh, of I love that you were watching it <laughs> so I'd seen the trailers ages ago and then never got around to watching oh, it and then I was and then I was chatting to mum about it and I was like I really want to watch the series and she's like oh we've got Amazon let's just go for it so we started watching it and we just both of us adored it. I, and I was so the characters are amazing. I was so happy because you know when you see a trailer and then you watch something and it never lives up to it. Yeah. That happened with I can't think what it was. Um what's that film with um Mila Kunis and the bloke from Magic Oh, Mike? a Jupiter Ascending. When that I, was bullwake. Uh, but when I saw the trailer I thought it was gonna be really good. Uh, yeah, well the yeah, trailer. You know, like, Trailer was trailer f- artists, they know how to sell a fucking film. That and trailer you was, watch it and you're just like, oh. That trailer was phenomenal. Sean Bean and the Bees? Are you kidding me? <laughs> but it was just like, I watched that trailer, I thought it was going to be brilliant. Watched the film, was like, ugh. Well, watched the Boys I, trailer, I thought that was phenomenal. Mm. Watch the series, love it even more. I know, it's great it, when you're proved fan- right. Fantastic. <laughs> and like... It's funny when you see the characters, the actors out of character, because I watched like a video of like yeah. when they were playing this game. I'm watching the bloke that plays Homelander, who is like a yeah. literal psychopath. He's the main <laughs> superhero, but he is a psychopath. Seeing him out of character, because I think he's a New Zealander. Yeah. Um, pin or pin? So, pin oh, or pin? I apologise now for the really <laughs> bad impression that she just did. That was great! 
wait, are you kidding me? But he plays like, Hunt he, for the Wooder People. Oh, Sorry, but he I plays he plays like the lead superhero, but he's kind of an anti-hero really because he's not he's very a prick. nice. Oh my god, he's all, he's like a cross. He's meant to be like a cross between like his persona is meant to be a cross between Superman and. Uh, Captain America, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his that. actual personality within the series, he is a l- absolute sociopath. Yeah. He's like a cross between a sociopath and a psychopath. Because well, he's not full sociopath, but he's not full psychopath. He's somewhere in between. Yeah. He's bonkers. But well, when you see him out of character, the <laughs> actor is like completely different. And I'm just like, how do you do that? How just, do you do it's that? It's amazing. It's amazing the talent but, that people can actually like uh, push forward through. Mm-hmm. They When they are these actors and they are mm-hmm. able to portray these uh, aspects within their character, they have to go balls deep into it. I mean, it's just yeah. that term quite a few times right now. But what I'm saying is like, yeah, they, really- they, they can reflect that idea of a sociopath and a psychopath and still have their, you know, one day, oh, here I am. Like, they, just, have, they have that ability to have the dissociation between it and also still embody it, which is just, amazing. It's, there's just some, and I mean, there's some really dark bits, some really, like, weird bits. Yeah. There's some bits where you're just like, oh my god, that person <laughs> is a nut job. But and there are some like, bits that just make you... Horrific, too, where it's like the whole, like, me oh. too thing, like, my god. Oh my god, and just, I mean, there's a whole thread of loss yeah, is like part yeah, of the main yeah, thing, yeah. and what it drives a person mm-hmm. to, so it's really gritty in some places. And when how like media pushes yeah. people into certain situations too, yeah. and like the corporate idea of something, so especially really... when she wanted to be like, you know, just like a true... Super... Don't give away too much. I'm, I'm not, but like what I'm saying is like the true, just being a true superhero, and the idea of when you're in the public eye, that... Trumps. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But just... It's, it's obscured. It's really clever in that yeah. respect. I think it explores. It I'm does. I'm so glad you're enjoying it. It's it's really good because I think it's clever because it explores kind of like that kind of Deadpool-esque kind of yeah. like gory but comic book gore, but then it throws in this really gritty side and then mm. this really human side. And I think it's super. I think it's the and human some, side and that really brings it like so up a notch. Funny, but so series two comes out in November, mm-hmm. um, just September even, and they've just started. I've read recordings series three, so even oh, So yeah, so that's oh, my recommendation because I've been loving it and I, I know it. it's super mainstream but like go and check it out it's great please do it please do and it and I know it's on Amazon so Jeff Bezos if you ever hear this pay your fucking taxes you bloody multi-billionaire <gasps> you could end so much so much like strife with the amount of fucking money you earn put some money back into your communities you bastard well, we're never getting an Amazon sponsor uh so, uh, welcome to the uh, political Amazon podcast, where we talk about how people need to pay more money into things. <laughs> so true, though. Did anyway, you know? Just what? a random fact to close off. Yeah, okay. In Roman times. Oh, in Roman times. love a history fact. Well, I was reading about it the other day, it was really interesting. So, in Roman times, people competed to pay taxes because paying taxes meant that you earned so much money that you were able to then pay taxes because only a certain band would pay yeah. taxes, even in Roman times. And it was like a privilege in those days, and they would compete to earn money so that they could qualify to pay taxes because it showed how rich they were. I wish people would fucking do that nowadays what? instead of having secret bank accounts in the Cayman Islands, you wankers. Um, but yeah, so go back to Roman times and uh, compete to pay taxes instead of having it on offshore accounts in bank accounts that don't pay taxes with more money that you could ever hope to spend in the next 10 lifetimes, you <laughs> selfish fucking bastards. Um, I mean, I'm behind her. Um, Support but- some more charities, you wankers. Pay some money into the hospices. Anyway, we've this I was going to say, yeah. And on that note, we're going to say goodbye. And we hope that you enjoyed our first uh, podcast from Londinium. London. Uh, 
London. Sorry. London. I, I mean, I, I keep, I, I mean, I, I forever have Sweeney Todd in my brain. Oh, and I'm like, London. Yeah, I'm walking down the street. I'm just London. Anyway. Uh, oh, God. Um, but yeah, it's the first time recording in London. We hope that you enjoyed it. Um, I hope that you go and like research the weird boobs of Michelangelo's mm -hmm. night because um, that adds a whole other edge to Michelangelo. And also experiencing the wonderful phenomena of all the things that Jenny's talked about today. Yeah, so go and check out my hilarious pictures of the horse yeah. and the elephants that we will share Fantastic. on Instagram. And check out <laughs> Melissa McCracken, who again, we will share on Instagram because her work I'm is incredible i'm definitely gonna invest in maybe getting a print if i can afford yeah. it possibly who knows i mean i've just moved to london shit's expensive mm. but anyway go check we, out go support these artists yeah we're gonna we're gonna say good night yeah. and or good morning or good evening whenever, whenever you're listening you listen to this, and then we're probably gonna record another episode after this and descend oh into god complete yeah we've got another bottle of wine so um we'll see you on the other side yeah. <laughs> bye guys bye